0: Good morning. It is Tuesday, July 13th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glenn. I hope everyone had a good Monday and enjoyed yesterday's conversation about Mississippi State. Before we start, I wanted to remind everyone that if you like what you hear, make sure to drop us a five-star rating and leave us a review. We love to see your comments and would be so gracious for feedback if you want us to cover a topic we haven't already, or if we haven't hit your favorite team yet as we preview all the Power 5 schools and some group of fives as well, this off season on the college football daily. Of course, if we have already covered your favorite team and you missed it, or you want to listen back, don't worry. We have all the episodes in one place for you. Just go to Spotify, search for the playlist across the country with the college football daily and listen as we preview your favorite program. We are continuing our goal of hitting all the power five teams and a few group of five schools today as we preview Maryland. Joining me to discuss the program is the founder and publisher of 24-7 Sports InsideMDSports.com, Jeff Ehrman. Jeff, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on and joining me today.
1: Doing good, Lance. Thanks for having me.
0: So, Jeff, I want to jump straight to the roster, I think Maryland's most well-known player has to be quarterback Talia tagavailoa the returning starter at the position, and of course Tua's brother, who now plays for the Dolphins. He made four starts last season. I think what we saw in those four starts was inconsistency. Right, the Terps got outscored seventy to fourteen in the two losses, and in those two losses, he had one touchdown to six interceptions. In the two wins they had with him under center, he had six touchdowns to one interception. So at least stats-wise really a complete reversal from wins to losses. What led to last year's inconsistency with him? And and what, in your opinion, did he need to focus on this offseason so that the difference in his play when you compare wins and losses next year isn't so stark?
1: Yeah, that's that's true. He was a different guy from game to game. Obviously, he was at a horrendous opener against Northwestern and then rebounded really well the next game. He was great at Penn State. So, you know, I think some of it is just the fact that he was in his first year as a starter. He never really played college football. He played a few mop up minutes at Alabama. So basically you were you're sort of talking about a true freshman in effect, even though he was not a true freshman, but he he barely played. And then I think also, you know, that that's partly why you see saw Loxley make a change at offensive coordinator you know, I think he felt like the play calling maybe could have been a little better. Now he's got Dan Enos, who he worked with at Alabama. The two had a record setting season when they worked together there. So I think they're really excited about that and expect him to take the next step because, you know, he's not his brother necessarily, but he is the most dynamic quarterback Maryland's had in quite some time now. If he can play a little bit closer, you know, on average to those big games that he had, then they're really on to something.
0: Regarding the roster too, I was just doing some research. Obviously Jake Funk went to the NFL and Maryland now has to replace all the production that he had. And last year just looking at stats, you know, there wasn't much behind Jake Funk. In the running game, it was kind of him, um, Talia, you know, would take off here and there, but it was really just kind of Jake Funk out of the backfield. Who are you looking at to kind of replace him? Is it one particular guy or are they going to go sort of like a running back by committee to replace all his production?
1: Yeah, that's a big question for them. They've had a good run of, you know, NFL running backs, Jake Funk, Anthony McFarlane before him, and Ty Johnson before him. All those guys were drafted. And now you don't necessarily have a guy like that. Taeon Fleet Davis is gonna get the first shot. He's a veteran guy, been around forever, has played well in little spurts, also had some off field issues that kept him out for a full year. So, you know, it's hard to know what to expect out, but but he'll definitely get the first shot. He's a really good pass catcher out of the backfield. You know, I think there's a chance he could be really good. You know, it'll be interesting to see if maybe some of Funk's success last year was based on the offense that they have, if Fleet thrives in a similar way. And then behind him, you've got a couple guys who played as true freshmen, Isaiah Jacobs, who's the younger brother of Josh Jacobs, former Alabama star and now Raiders star, and Penny Boone, former four-star recruit from Detroit massive kid, about 6'2", 250, 260, but really light on his feet for that size. So those guys will all get chances. But yeah, as you said, there's no established running back going into the year. So that's going to be really interesting to see if they can find a guy.
0: And as I was looking up everything about Maryland last season, one thing that kind of stood out to me were the penalty numbers, right? I mean, they were, look, last in the Big Ten by a wide margin in total penalty yards per game, I think close to about 80 yards per game. They averaged about I think nine penalties a game. Was that something that was mentioned as, I guess, a need to change area during last season? And do you get expected to, I guess, get better in 2021? I mean, they really have no plays other than up to go. I mean, it kind of has to get better, right?
1: Yeah, Mike Locksley was not happy about that all season. That would be, you know, one of the first things he'd talk about after a lot of the games and the lack of discipline. It's hard to know why, you know, he is, some people would say he's known as a player's coach. So maybe that's some of it. He's not one of these, you know, drill sergeant guys. And so maybe that's the problem. It was a problem again in the spring game, actually this year. And that was his, you know, immediate frustration again. So that's something, you know, that's a good observation on your part. That's something they absolutely have to fix because when you're trying to, make a move in such a difficult division of such a difficult conference. You can't be giving away, you know, giving away yards and points to the, to the other teams. You need to be very efficient. And, uh, and so that's something they absolutely have to get better at.
0: And on the coaching staff, Mike Loxley did bring in two new coordinators. You mentioned one earlier, Dan Enos as offensive coordinator and Brian Stewart as defensive coordinator. Now, Stewart was, in fact, D.C. at Maryland from 2012 to 2014, while this is Enos' first tenure in College Park. Look, Loxley is obviously an offensive guy, so I don't know, at least on that side of the ball, if we will see, I guess, significant impact. But do you expect with new coordinators we may see some changes in both units, or can we assume that things will, I guess, relatively remain the same with tweaks kind of here and there?
1: I think they'll remain somewhat similar. I think Loxley feels like Dan Enos is kind of on his same wavelength in terms of play calling, kind of will call whatever Loxley might call in certain situations. So I think he thinks the offense will be more – productive and explosive similar it'll be the same offense but i think he he feels like the the flow will be better uh defensively should be fairly similar you know they say brian stewart's going to be very aggressive with blitzing and so you know they're looking at an aggressive defense this year and they they've got a lot more personnel better personnel than they've had defensively for several years so i think that's going to be really interesting defensive line it's been a weakness. For a while, but now they've got several veterans coming back along with, you know, maybe the best defensive line class Maryland has ever signed. You got a lot of good young defensive backs who are now making their way into veterans. So Stewart's got a lot to a lot to work with there on that side, too.
0: With Mike Loxley, look, obviously a local guy is recruiting. You know, you mentioned really, really well, very popular in the area. You look at the Maryland team recruiting rankings from 2019 to this past 2021 class, 47th in 2019, okay, a transition class, 31st in 2020, obviously a big improvement, 18th in 2021, a jump into the top 25. The only problem I see, at least through the first two seasons, however, is the results just haven't been there yet. And obviously... Loxley's previous stop at New Mexico, he had trouble on the results side of things as well. What is fan perception right now of Mike Loxley and just the job that he's done so far now going into year 3? I
1: think the fans are really happy with him, you know, they love him personally. He's a Maryland guy through and through. It's where he wants to be. And a lot of guys say it's their dream job. This is literally his dream job and he's recruited really well so you know they want to see some improvement this year this is year three obviously this is the time to start winning a few more games they've seen the recruiting improve uh, but like you said he does have to work against that perception from his struggles at New Mexico and the past few years. I think pretty much everyone gives him a pass for the past few years at Maryland because it's such a big rebuilding job. But this is a time where, you know, no one's expecting a 10-win season or anything like that, but they do want to see improvement. This is the year they they would love to just get... If you could get to a bowl game this year, I think they would be thrilled.
0: And speaking of, you know expectations. Let's finish it off with this. I've seen some sports books have Maryland's win total over under at around six games. You know, I've seen various predictions that have them win six games, win five games, all the way down to some having them only win three. So expectations just generally from the people that are paid to make predictions, they kind of seem to be all over the place. Open the season with home games against West Virginia and Howard, then on the road against Illinois and home against Kent State. After that, you have Iowa and Ohio State, but it's very possible Maryland can start the season four and zero. That's I don't think definitely not a stretch. You don't need to give me a win total if you don't want to. But what are your I guess just general expectations for this team and what they can do in twenty twenty one?
1: Yeah, those first four games are going to pretty much set the tone. They need to win at least three of those. I would say West Virginia, obviously being the others, the big swing game. The other three would be you know pretty disastrous to lose any of those three. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't say that about Illinois, but that's one you should win if you want to you know have a really good season and get to a bowl game illinois being you know in the first year under a new coach and kind of a downtrodden program so you know i think i think right in that five and a half range seems pretty appropriate to me as an over-under for wins right between five and six. If they get five, I think people will be okay with that. If they get six, they'll be happy. Anything above that, they'll probably be thrilled, just all things considered. But they should. I mean, last year, I think they were better than expected last year. Last year, the wins total, I think, was three and a half. And that was including the non-conference games that were all, you know, eventually canceled. And they won two out of five Big Ten games. So they were on pace to surpass that pretty easily, I think. So You know, this is the year where you definitely want to get back again into that bowl eligibility range, and I think they have the talent to do it.
0: You can follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Erman and make sure to check out InsideMDSports.com. Jeff, thanks so much for giving me the time today. I really appreciate you for coming on.
1: Thanks, Lance. Appreciate you.
0: Remember that if you like what you hear, make sure to drop us a five-star rating and a review. We'd love to hear what you think, if you have any questions, any ideas for a topic, or if you haven't heard your favorite team yet. Also, if you've noticed that we have a bonus episode out today, it's because each day this week, Brandon Marcello is running through the projected order of finish for each Power five conference yesterday was acc today the sec and tomorrow is the big 12. my name is lance glenn enjoy your tuesday everyone we'll be back tomorrow for the next edition of the college football daily